Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and ask us. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost, Exercise for Prostate Cancer Incorporated, a not-for-profit charity set up in 2012 by myself. Dr. Joe Miller. If you want to know any more information about Prost, including our online service now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health. So, Prost to Okay, good morning everyone and welcome to today's Penis Project podcast. Today we have a special guest, Prost Ross, <laughs> and otherwise known as Ross Campbell. Ross Campbell has his own experience with prostate cancer, but he also leads a support group in Western Australia, which is a very unique support group all of its own. So welcome along this morning, Prost Ross. Would you like to give us a little bit of information or background story as to your own experience with prostate cancer? Good morning, Joe, and good morning, Melissa. Uh, yes, I'd love to do that, uh, and thank you for inviting me along. Um, five years at least before I had my prostatectomy, uh, my local GP, um, Dr. Stephen Gann, um, was um, um, very supportive of uh, PSA testing and uh, digital rectal examinations. And so he was doing that for me uh, for about five years and then he said one day, hmm, not sure about this, Ross. Uh, I think you'd better go and see a specialist. So he sent me off to uh, Tom Shannon, the urologist I uh, saw, and uh, he examined me and... Um, sent me away saying, hmm, I think you're okay. And I realise now that they had set me up on a watch and wait. So five years later, um, I got caught, uh, uh, sorry, and having annual PSA and DREs um, that uh, Dr. Gann said, hmm, Ross, I think you better go back and see Tom. So Tom had another look and um, decided that um, I should have a biopsy. My biopsy came back with two small cancers and uh, that's the beginning of the uh, journey towards a prostatectomy, which I did have in May 2013. And um, Just had your eight-year anniversary. Mm. I have, mm. yeah. And uh, I came through with a Gleason 6, which says to me, I was caught early and thank you both doctors. And... Did you have open back then or did you have robotic surgery? Open. Open. Yeah. 
Okay. And did you have many side effects initially that you were dealing with, Ross? Um, prior to my prostatectomy, I was going to the toilet often. Um, I was, um, I'd been diagnosed or, um, uh, through the biopsies and that uh, I needed to do something about um, getting prepared for surgery. And in talking to some of my friends who had had um, uh, prostate cancer themselves, one of them suggested that I go and see a physiotherapist uh, and gave me her card, that is Dr. Joan Milios. <laughs> <laughs> so prior to my um, operation, I saw Joe. she measured my pelvic floor lack of strength and, <laughs> and um, put me on uh, a regime of exercise. At the same time, Dr. Uh, Tom Shannon and Joe suggested I lose quite a bit of weight, which I did, <laughs> and um, then away went uh, um, six weeks. Um, sorry, I was at uh, seeing Joe six weeks before my prostatectomy and then of course didn't do anything for six weeks after that. And so now you've got pelvic floor of steel and a six pack for all of you out there who can't see Prost Ross sitting in front of us today. <laughs> and it wasn't the six pack I drank last night. <laughs> no. So that kind of like merges our worlds and you became aware of the Prost program. Do you remember going along the first time? I do, I do and um, um, our Prost group um, started off with the Subiaco Football Club supporting us and um, giving us access to their gym, and that was all organised by Joe, so thank you for that. So I arrived at the gym and came to the front door, and there were a group of guys standing around. I've forgotten who uh, came up and introduced themselves, but um, put me at my ease. I joined a group who were chatting and this one fellow was talking about um, injecting himself for an erection and <laughs> having an automatic needle um, to inject himself and how much that was better than doing it yourself. Uh, and you know, <laughs> What an introduction. Uh, it, it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> you like, here I, come I am. To yeah. New planet. <laughs> planet Prost. <laughs> and those guys... I think made me go, okay, this is very open, this is easy, uh, I can join this and be part of it. So that's what I've done and that's been for eight years. And did you find like a good group of mates there? Like are you friends with them outside of the group? Uh, yes and no. Um, we um, have a loose um, friendship, if you like, but it is based on being at Prost twice a week mm -hmm. and, of course, the coffee afterwards at the Oxford Yard, leadable. There you got to plug Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they've been very good to us and we do have a bench uh, with our seats outside the cafe and um, a lot of chat comes out of that, a lot of good information as well. Uh, and out of that, um, uh, there is now... Um, six of the prosties, we've called ourselves, uh, who have formed uh, a cycle club and they've been out cycling every week and they've also been out raising money for uh, prostate cancer. 
There have so so many uh, different experiences have obviously arisen over your time with Prost. So don't, for those who don't know, Prost actually sponsors our podcast, but Prost is a not-for-profit charity born and bred in Western Australia, Prost Exercise for Prostate Cancer. And I just set it up as in recognition of the fact that I knew there was a lot of support for women going through breast cancer in practical terms, but not so much for guys. And I just I figured that um, it might be worthwhile setting up an exercise-based program in a more or less masculine environment. And so that's why we headed to the Subiaco Football Club. Now, Ross, you went that extra mile and became a little bit more involved than just attending the PROS program. And we, we'd like you to just share what motivated you to become a bit more involved. Initially, I think um, we did sausage sizzles in the streets of uh, Leederville to raise some money for Prost, and that got me excited about what Prost can do and was doing. Um, I then uh, went to a uh, meeting with uh, Amelia Hay, who was on the national, um, oh, sorry, worked uh, for the national division of um, PCFA and she invited me along with Joe for a coffee one morning and suggested that um, I might like to become the appointed um, support group leader for PROST and PROST to become affiliated with PCFA. So that was the beginning and um, it's been an exciting journey ever since. There's been so many things happening. (laughs) Um, from just being involved, more involved with Prost and with Joe, um, more involved with uh, the national body of PCFA um, and um, the training that's come from PCFA in the early days to um, give me some skills in leading a group um, and a group of men who were uh, willing to be Uh, part of a conversation but sometimes didn't know where to go. So that's interesting. I didn't realise that prostate cancer support group leaders were trained by PCFA so I'm sure lots of other people won't either. What sort of training do they give you? It was fairly minimal. Mm -hmm. It was a one-day course Mm -hmm. but in that um, it was um, about understanding the people around you Mm -hmm. and what they might be going through and that um, there was usually a support group deputy leader and that deputy leader needed to be given a job to help support those people within a, a meeting and uh, a discussion group. Uh, the particular thing that got me was um, I had a in one of the um, plays or acting uh, that we had acting out uh, a meeting that we had to do um, I had give, been given a disruptive member. <laughs> <laughs> he was very good. <laughs> was he? And so then you had to figure out how to deal with the disruptive member. Indeed. Right. Actually, I think most people who have prostate cancer have to deal with a disruptive <laughs> member, don't they? Just of a different kind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we've got the Penis Project. <laughs> That's right. Maybe we should have called it how to deal with disruptive members. Yeah, yeah anyway. indeed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I, th- I think I got through that and he and I ended up having a bit of a laugh. But the coordinator looked at me and said, well, that's great, but see that lady over there? And it was a lady mm. uh, who was in the group. Well, 
you didn't notice, but she was really stressed and you weren't dealing with it. Oh. Ah. Right. So you got to look around. Yeah, okay. That's great. I'm really impressed that they give um, training to the support leaders because it it's a difficult job, isn't it, trying to hold a room, hold a space and also get everyone to have the opportunity to talk. I've been along to some meetings where there's, you know, one or two people who monopolise the meeting and it's difficult, I imagine, for the leader to Disruptive control. Members. Yeah, Disruptive members. Disruptive members. Yes. <laughs> I'm never going to think about that expression <laughs> the same way again. <laughs> Indeed. So... Um, uh, the the other thing is that um, having got involved with uh, Prost as both a support group leader, I then became um, the chair of the corporate um, body that um, controls Prost uh, as a not-for-profit. Uh, and in merging those two roles, and I guess because of my contact with Amelia Hay, and then eventually another lady, Amanda, uh, I was invited to join a uh, national group to look at um, the issues around um, prostate cancer information and how we can support PCFA board by giving them some feedback. And that was called the National Support and Community Outreach Committee. And that ran for several years, but COVID-19 uh, last year put paid to that and so it's now a, a disbanded group but we still talk and meet uh, informally and, and help PCFA. I'm still stuck on the members now. I'm thinking about disbanded members. <laughs> <laughs> the way Melissa's mind wanders. Yeah. Well, some men have it banded. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, in terms of uh, being on that national committee, I think you were representing the um, consumer and the exercise component? Yes, um, certainly it was the exercise component um, that um, um, I guess made them recognise um, we had something to offer. Uh, and I mean, me as uh, we as Prost, not me as Ross. Um, but Ross happened to be the member yeah. who um, <laughs> was given that, in that role. Uh, and um, since um, uh, NSCOC, it's a terrible <laughs> acronym, but that's it, N-S-C-O-C, NSCOC uh, committee has disbanded. Uh, <laughs> no cock. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> this is going to be a terrible process. Um, uh, podcast, Prost, Prost, Prost podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Um, it'll probably get um, thrown off the airwaves the way we're going, but that's mm. good. Um, so the, um, the the valuable time that um, we had that committee together um, was quite broad uh, and helped in lots of areas, survivorship being one, and the other was then recognising that uh, exercise was medicine and we needed to try and send that message out across Australia. So earlier this year, or late last year I should say, um, uh, we were given a grant to, that's Prost, were given a grant to try and get information across to all the support group leaders and support groups across Australia 
um, to uh, use exercise uh, as medicine and to try and create some more groups who were exclusively uh, working uh, in exercise groups. Now, how this came about is because the year before that, Prost put money together and got some grants to um, uh, run a video uh, workshop and we ran it for a day, all recorded, and those um, exercises were put into um, different um, uh, USBs. One was for the everyday man, uh, the other was for support group leaders, which is so important to PCFA and ourselves, and then uh, at the higher level was a another USB for clinicians, which was far more um, uh, medical and technical than the everyday man, for instance, and the group leader got more information on how to run a group. So if the everyday guy listening would like to access and have the program, how do they get it? Like how do they, if they can't turn up at a meeting, at a PROST meeting to to do the exercises, can they access your USB online, I think, can't they? They can indeed. And um, um, uh, you can find um, PROST at... (laughs) www.prost.com.au. See, I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a $40 fee and $5 for postage um, within Australia. Unfortunately, because of COVID, if it's elsewhere around the world we have to pay about $25 for postage but it's a condensed um, opportunity to pick up the exercise program and all the many beneficial aspects of PROST as well as a a manual of description um, for each of those USBs as well just to help uh, you know anyone access the program. I've actually just sent it to the UK for the NH. Yes, um, one of the team leaders over there is one of the, in their big facilities is going to be launching it through the NHS system. So that was just fantastic. last week's postage. That is fabulous. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fantastic. And also be a great program for men who live in rural areas because, you know, they often don't have a physio in that area that's specialised in this kind of thing. So it'd be any of you rural listeners out there, this might be a really good opportunity to get an exercise program that's targeted. So, Ross, what if someone wanted to, like speaking of rural areas, there's not that many prostate cancer support groups in um, rural places. And if someone like had the idea that they'd like to set one up in a country town, how would they go about that? Right. Rural and remote, of course, because yep. that's uh, another um, area that is um, lacking in support groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I would... Um, Really love to see um, people who um, have had uh, prostate cancer to ba- uh, try and um, bring together other people within their area into a group. And um, if they can't meet face to face, then by using something like Zoom. Uh, hold their meetings so they can all talk to each other and they can also use the USB to do their exercises and they can do that online together. And I think that might even be a very good way for all support groups across Australia. If they don't want to start a new gym themselves, they may just open their meeting with five minutes of um, 
pelvic floor exercise and finish with several minutes of stretching or something like that. But I'll leave that to the two professionals next to me who understand those things better than me. Um, but I, I just think that um, we've got to get out there and try and find ways to uh, help those in uh, rural and remote areas get access to uh, valuable uh, evidence-based information. And so that brings us to the telehealth prostate cancer nursing service that PCFA recently started up. And I know you had a little bit of information about that to share. It's fairly new and it is um, um, funded by the um, federal government and PCFA. Um, it's new, it's exciting, and it's very well used. Uh, the phone number is one eight hundred two two zero zero nine nine. Melissa, is that right? That's right. Eighteen hundred double two double zero nine nine, and you can ring. And there's a prostate cancer specialist nurse on the other end of the phone that you can speak to. So they should be able to help you if anyone wants to ring that number. So the prostate cancer nurses, that program has been up and running for, I'm going to say, eight years. And Perth, West Australia, we had Lisa Ferry um, as our first one based out of um, Hollywood. Hollywood Hospital. Did you ever meet with Lisa? I did, in fact. Um, after I was diagnosed, I was given um, Lisa's um, name and phone number and I rang and made an appointment and at that appointment... I took my wife, Jan, as well. We had uh, a very long discussion about the journey that I was to take and uh, things to be aware of and um, how best to um, uh, deal with uh, one's cancer. Um, she gave us very good um, broad advice. Uh, it took a lot of the fear away when you understand exactly what's going to happen, um, to understand that there will be some issues afterwards, most likely, and of course those issues are incontinence and uh, erectile dysfunction, both of which I suffered, and um, uh, where incontinence is concerned, I'm now very much dry. Um, and that's thanks to the exercise program that uh, Joe set up and we run twice a week uh, here in Perth. Mm. I um, think the prostate cancer nurses are an invaluable support for patients and their partners, purely mainly because, you know, they're a free service and also because they're unbiased, you know, like you can actually go and sit down with a prostate cancer nurse and she can go through your history and what's going on with you without having any you know bias about what their treatment that they offer is and I just think that's an invaluable thing yeah and we're so lucky we're actually getting more and more available there was initially only I think um, 12 Australia-wide and pretty soon it's going to be reaching 100 so it's rapidly expanded and that's through organizations like Movember actually supporting the Prostate Cancer Foundation now something very recently Ross I think you've also been involved in is Mates Connect New service, um, telephone-based peer support service uh, became something on, on my radar a little while ago and I believe it's um, where men can actually ring in to speak to 
a mate. Are you familiar with the program? I am. Um, I was um, asked to come along to a meeting to look at the best way of, of operating that. It was funded by Woodside initially and uh, it was set up here in WA uh, because that's where Woodside uh, holds its headquarters. Um, and the idea was to have a, um, a phone service where someone who's um, been diagnosed with prostate cancer can ring uh, and be put in contact with someone who's had experience of prostate cancer or, um, and, and more particularly, um, if it's an ongoing issue, finding someone in Australia who they can talk to who's gone through uh, or going through the same process. Are you uh, one of those volunteers? Because you've got enough on your plate. <laughs> no, I'm not, although I have been given a couple to talk to because of the exercise, sure. yep. um, but not uh, one of the official people. I think we had um, six or uh, seven support people here in WA. Um, it's now moved into Queensland as well, so oh, great. that is expanding. Oh, I'll make sure we find the Mates Connect link. It's actually the same phone number, is it? Yes, yeah, okay. so I think possibly when you ring, you'll get the option to speak to Mates Connect or a prostate cancer nurse specialist. Great. Um, so that that number again, um, 1-800. Can't remember. It's almost like um, AA, isn't it, for um, prostate cancer? You know, instead of Alcoholics Anonymous and you get your support person, you ring MC, Mates Connect. I've got the number, 1-800-22-00. Double nine for support, solidarity, survivorship, and to connect with another bloke who's been living through prostate cancer. So there's a, a range of um, support services available. Now, one of the reasons I set up Prost actually was because um, I didn't think it was probably as well supported as that could have been in terms of support groups. <coughs> Although there's like 150 uh, at least across Australia, apparently only about 5% of men. Um, with prostate cancer actually utilise the um, support program. So the idea of an exercise one was just to try and make it a little bit more interactive. And th there are a lot of um, guys who, given the opportunity to go in into a support group, might feel a bit overawed. What would your um, advice be on that, Ross, having been in those shoes yourself at some time? Um, suck it up. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Keep it brief. <laughs> um, quite seriously, I think um, uh, there are so many issues surrounding uh, a survivor of prostate cancer or a person who's new to the journey. There are fears. There are um, what did I do wrong sort of guilts and so forth. And to get into a support group can just ameliorate so many of those feelings and fears. I find, too, the camaraderie in a support group is, um, I'm going to say, over the top. It's just fabulous. Mm. Um, um, to walk through the door the first time in so many instances in life is hard. But if you do it, you will find a very warm and welcoming group, I'm sure.
Yeah, I think they're the ones you you and I have been to, Joe, they've been great, haven't they? Like they're so you know, they all seem really friendly and happy and have a joke and yeah. open and, and what's been nice to see is over the years that more and more partners have been coming along mm. and um that's something that was addressed in um the uh, question or the email about partners. So how do we address partners in our group, Ross? Um for the prosties, when we have a social occasion, they're certainly um, um, involved and um, they, um, I don't think, have a formal role within our group, um, but they're certainly there and I can think of several women who are so supportive of prostate cancer uh, meetings and prost itself for exercise. Um, and in fact, in WA, and I don't have the details of it, but it is online, uh, um, it's a um, prostate cancer support group for partners. Oh, that's great. I was just thinking that as you were talking, I was thinking, is there one for, for the partners? There actually so is quite a few. And um, there's also, there's the gay and bisexual and uh, there's culturally and linguistically diverse groups, um, a, a range of different options um, for different different groups available. Um, one of the things I was once told by one of my patients is um, going to a support group and to Prost was the best thing that this guy had ever done in his life and, and this particular woman said it just gets him out of the house and he's motivated to go, he's not done under my feet all day. <laughs> and she just said, oh, it's just so nice not to have to go with him to one of these meetings because it's all about him and I uh, thought that was actually quite a good rap for it. <laughs> yep, so if you go to the PCFA website and you put in the search prostate cancer support for partners there is a heap of places around australia that have them so that sounds great we're we were off the hook there yep <laughs> we know that they actually exist and so have you got any like tips for newly diagnosed prostate cancer patients in regards to support groups right um get to a meeting <laughs> I think that's the big thing and it is the starting point um, usually it's a phone call to a support group leader who uh, operates a group near where you live and um, hopefully they um, give you confidence to want along, want to come along to one of their meetings uh, and once there I think you have to be open, willing to tell your story as well as listen to others, uh, and that's cathartic in itself. Yeah. And it's as simple as just going to the website, which I've done now, pcfa.org.au. You can punch in to the very first item, your postcode, and it will come up straight away with the local prostate cancer support group to you. So there you go. That's as simple as just a few presses of the button. Yep. And if you live in a rural or remote area, you can access the telehealth support line. And yeah, so one of our um, regular clients or patients actually suggested in an email to us that it would be great to find out more about prostate cancer support groups. So it's fantastic that you've been able to come in and chat to us about that. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Have you got any more questions, Jojo? <laughs> I guess I'd just like to finish off on what you personally have found the benefits of being in a support group, not as a leader, but just, yeah, how, how it's really 
helped you because you could have finished with the support groups a long time ago but you know eight years on you're still trudging along every week (laughs) thank you joe look it has become a bit of my life now um and in a very positive way um a, I need to keep fit because <laughs> I think keeping fit keeps you alive. Got to get that six-pack toned up. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the top off. <laughs> <laughs> and um, secondly, the group of men um, who are uh, involved with prost exercise um, are committed to looking after themselves, looking after each other, uh, there's a great deal of laughter and um, chat, but also a lot of um, serious discussions and often just a side discussion. You might walk by and hear two fellows talking about um, their hormonal treatment or... Um, penile injection. Penile <laughs> injection uh, and um, uh, how well they're doing in terms of incontinence what their relationship's like at home because of the incontinence mm. and the um, erectile dysfunction. So it's um, been fabulous for me to be part of that and probably to uh, push those sort of conversations along. Um, um, I'm not going anywhere soon. <laughs> I'll be staying there as long as Prost's running and mm-hmm. I'm healthy enough. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing all that with us today. And um, we'll definitely put all of these links in the show notes. Yeah. Um, big thank you to Ross. It's Ross has enabled Prost, Prost, Rost. Yeah, <laughs> Prost, Rost. Prost, Prost, um, to really thrive. And, you know, the, the opportunity to actually share it globally now by having it on a, on a USB, potentially one day even offering some online classes is one of our final goals. But uh, I want to have Ross on our program since the beginning, but I've been waiting for the right time. And it's Men's Health Week coming up soon and World Continence Week, so we'll, we'll fit it in nicely. I'm just thinking about what we're going to call this episode, and I know you've all listened to it now, but I think it has to be Pross Ross and his member <laughs> with an S in brackets. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks don't, so much, Ross. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> I think she might hear it. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Lives inside me. Been there all of my life. Hi, this is Dr. Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our program today. And we're pleased to let you know that we will be having weekly podcasts, not fortnightly, as originally proposed. And this is because of the popularity of our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions, and so much feedback. And Melissa and I greatly appreciate it. What we'd really love you to do is share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit, including any man in your life. Simply download off Spotify or subscribe to thepenisproject.org and then you'll get a weekly email of our newest releases. Also feel free to send us a review and this will greatly help in our ongoing ability to bring you new and fresh information as that's the way we build what comes next. We also have show notes attached and this gives a bit of a background into any additional resources or explanations of what we're talking about. Finally, it's my great pleasure to let you know that Prost 
the exercise program which sponsors our podcast is now available on a USB resource for any man diagnosed with prostate cancer, an exercise program. Clinicians can buy these as well as the everyday bloke. So feel free to check out prost.com.au. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. Those dread dark days, I learned to value each and every one. Of those warm afternoons, boys on their bikes, shooting stones at each other through the trees. Try to deny the going down of the sun.